Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Friday, February 5th edition of ATS Radio. I'm your host, Adam Burke. I'll be joined today by Dave Sherapan. If you don't know him, you absolutely should, at SportsBKConsig on Twitter. Previously on the other side of the counter, now he's on the side with all of us, talking about his experiences as an odds maker in the risk room, all the stuff that he's done. He's doing a lot of stuff right now all over the podcast world, a lot of content with you know, his quotes and sound bites and all that as well. So we'll talk with him about the Super Bowl, get a couple of props from him, and then just kind of frankly shoot the shit for the rest of today's edition of ATS Radio. Over at ATS.io, lots of content for the Super Bowl, continuing to cover college basketball, the NHL, the NBA, working on my Major League Baseball betting guide. That'll be out here probably about, I would say, three weeks from today. So I really need to get cracking on that. But doing a lot of the introductory stuff, the research and the writing just kind of comes naturally. So I'll have breakdowns of all 30 teams, plus all of the futures markets and some of the players' futures markets as well. And make sure you download the ATS app, which you can find in the Google Play Store or in the Apple Store. Full article integration from the website. It's a bet tracker. It's an odd screen, a stats database in there to help you handicap. The opportunity to buy a subscription to the premium model. Lots of stuff in that ATS app. Very much encourage you to download that today. With that, we bring on today's guest, and that is Mr. Dave Sherapan at SportsBKConsig on Twitter. Dave, how's it going today, man? Man, I'm watching you now listening to all this intro, and you ain't reading a damn thing. Like You're just rolling. That's what he does, ladies and gentlemen. And you got the Quebec Nordique throwback hat on which you know as another hockey guy i truly appreciate um no man i'm good like it's super bowl week like we 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 made it to friday the game is coming up on sunday um pretty much like talked out as far as like side total props are interesting obviously that's where we you know discuss a little bit more of that today i see what you've been doing all week with that it's uh, it's, it's fun, and it's my first time and not in a book in 17 years, like behind the counter or working or like grinding this out. So, it's uh, I miss it in that respect, but I know what they're doing, and I'm gonna go see some people today, and we got a lot of things happening. But uh, it's kind of fun to think, where are you watching the game on Sunday? Probably right here at my house. So I can't wait. It'll be fun. Yeah, man, and something I can't wait for coming up tonight that should be a lot of fun uh, being recorded tonight, at least probably posted on Saturday morning. Uh, as you said, you know, your first time not being in the book working for the Super Bowl, and you've come up with a really creative way to celebrate that I'm honored to be a part of here tonight. Yeah, man, we uh, we kind of crafted this up, me and, uh, you know, I have a couple producers that, that helped me out with the show, and so Dan Newbert at Newbie Talks is, is his Twitter handle. He's up in Reading, and he is uh, going to help me do this. But me and Carl are going to, you know, people can't come to Vegas. You know, you can't. It's it's travels restricted, and you like the books are going to be at twenty five percent capacity. So if you've ever been a book, been in a book anywhere in Vegas, you know it's it's been crowded. In Super Bowl, it's wall to wall people. Well, you can't do anything wall to wall people. So. Instead, we're going to bring people to the counter virtually, and we're going to have, you know, we're going to go around the world, and you're going to come there at one point too, and say, "Hey, what's up? Give me your play. What do you like today? And what do you give me a prop bet that you're thinking of? We're going to bag it out real fast. We're, you know, 
two, three minutes, and then you're gone. I got someone in line behind you. Get out of the way. Next person in line. And we're going to bring in a cycle of people from the walks of all walks of life. There's people that are in the business in Vegas. There's people like you that are writing about the business in Cleveland. There's people all over the, all over the place and in the gambling world uh, virtually. So it's going to be fun. I hope we pull it off and uh, it'll be a fun listen, uh, you know, before the game. So you can kind of see where everybody's at with it. Yeah, I think it's an outstanding idea. I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun to be sure. And, uh, you know, I don't envy your producers for working on, you know, a a different (laughs) guest every three minutes here. But, uh, no, it should be a great time. And, you know, that's uh, through the Cash Considerations podcast you do for Gaming Today, correct? It is, but uh, the Gaming Today has gone away. So we're kind of going to rebrand the whole thing. We may even change the name. I don't know. I'm going to talk to you about that off the air. Um, but this is going to be the first one without the gaming today, um, moniker or umbrella or anything. So we're going to kind of spin it off and debut it. And we're just going to, uh, continue to make the contacts that we're doing and then just, uh, hear who you like on the Super Bowl. So it'll be fun. Yeah, it definitely will be a lot of fun. And once again, I'm honored to be, you know, asked to be a part of it. Thank you so much for that. I'm sure that, you know, it's going to be a big hit from everybody out there and, like I said, recording that tonight, but then you'll have it up probably uh, Saturday morning for everybody's assumption there in advance of the big game. And speaking of what everybody's talking about, let's discuss that for a few minutes here. The NHL changed their COVID protocols yesterday, and I thought it was a really interesting thing. I know I threw a curveball at you, right? You thought, No, I love it. But we'll talk some hockey here for a minute because the NHL changed their COVID protocols, and something that really stood out to me is that previously players weren't allowed to show up at the arena until an hour and 45 minutes before the game. Now, of course, you, you know, play beer league hockey. I played for a while, uh, you know, both of us playing as we grew up there. You're, you have routines. There are things that you like to do before you actually get out there on the ice for warmups and all of that. And this year in the NHL, we've seen home teams be very, very successful. Last I looked, they were around 62% uh, winning the game outright here so far this season. And when you look at these guys on the road, they don't have a damn thing to do. They can't go anywhere. They can't congregate in the same hotel room. They can't do anything. They'd rather be at the rink. Now the NHL has changed that rule that you can show up at the rink really anytime you want to, as long as you're doing preparations for the game is what the ruling says. I think we're going to see road teams start to rattle off some pretty good success here, Dave. I think it's going to, uh, it's definitely going to help. I know this. I've been in the Penguin locker room in, you know, the arena in Pittsburgh. It is paradise. If I could go and sleep there, I would, let alone go there the day of the game. Like, hey, honey, I'm leaving. I got to go, you know, I got a game tonight. Yeah, the game's not till 7.30. You don't really have to be there until 5.30. I know it's only noon, but we're going to go and we're going to hang out. Like, they got all the fun toys, let alone all the equipment to rehab. So now the visitors, you know, their night, their locker rooms are nicer and stuff than anything we've ever seen. Like, they're, they're, they're it's amazing. So I agree with you. I think um, I can't explain why it's been so slanted home versus away usually it's not like that I mean it's over 50 percent but it's not 60 it's just because I mean hockey is hockey and the rinks are the rinks like they've all become so uniform it's not like the days of the old Boston Garden and the odd in Buffalo and like you know the Chicago Stadium was you knew it was 10 feet shorter and the boards were different like everything's the same now so 
home ice kind of went away, especially with no crowds. So I don't know, man. It's going to be uh, – it's just another twist in, in turn and hopefully a sign of some normalcy here coming. Like, you know, you can come to the rink now and hang out or whatever it is you do. Like, if you've ever watched pregame and you watch, like, European guys especially just kick a soccer ball around, it's awesome. Like, it's, it's – it, you know, and they're just getting their legs loose and they're having fun and giving each other shit. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Right. No, I agree. And, and I mean, look, as somebody who loves to travel, I spend as little time as possible in my hotel room, you know, and, and these guys, they don't have a choice and they got to be in their own hotel rooms. You know, there's maybe some approved places to get food and whatever else. These home teams, you know, they're following the same rules. They can't be there more than an hour and 45 minutes before the game. They're at home on the comfort yeah. of their couch or with their families or, you know, doing whatever else. Maybe they, Maybe they go out golfing or something because it's an outdoor activity if you could do that in a warm weather city, something like that. Meanwhile, these road teams just sit there and stare at the walls and, you know, <laughs> maybe get maybe rent some of those movies that they don't list the titles on the hotel bill for you, you know, <laughs> something like that. But I don't know. To me, I think this is kind of going to level the playing field a little bit. And I know I said it in jest how, you know, obviously everyone's talking about the Super Bowl, but. Man, in terms of betting opportunities, I think road teams might have a little bit of value here over the next couple of weeks in the NHL because, as you said, it's kind of a return to normalcy. Let's hope so. Uh, anything that, that that will help things return to normalcy just in life in general, I'm for this being one of them. I still love watching games. Uh, I still, you know, I cannot figure out what's going on with the scoring, like why – you know, it feels like the Canadian division games are Smythe division games. They're going over all the time. Um, betting opportunities are incredible. Um, maybe this will help, you know, level that a little bit. But I, I think we got to wait and see, you know. But it's something else to kind of look at where, you, you know, you're, you're, we're constantly looking for ways to have an advantage or a, um, some sort of edge. Maybe this will help. I do want to ask you something else on the hockey side, and then we'll get to the Super Bowl. And, and I mean, this is kind of by design because, I mean, you know, we've been talking about the Super Bowl for two straight weeks on, on virtually every platform. So nice <laughs> to talk about something else for a change. But, you know, you were behind the counter before the Vegas Golden Knights showed up and after the Vegas Golden Knights showed up. So what was that like in terms of probably going from writing virtually no hockey action to then a lot of people being interested in it? It was awesome because I was down on the strip when it happened. So I was at the Cosmo, which was right. You could park at the Cosmo and walk to the games. So I saw it right away. It started to build, um, you know, the, the leading up to the season. But then the first season, the away action, the away team action was awesome. Like it was in – the game with the Knights did more handle than the entire rest of the schedule combined. Like it, it was so hockey has its place in the book. It's a very, um, you know, kind of niche market. Like, you know, the, the hockey people love it. The people that don't, don't even know it exists until the playoffs hockey playoff wagering. It really is, is electric because the product is good, mm. but you know, Nobody's betting Winnipeg and Vancouver on a Tuesday in February. There's just, there's, you just don't have any action. So now the Knights come in 
and every game that the Knights played at home was a buzz every single game. And I was starting, you know, I was, I was down on the strip and I would tell the boys in the risk room, like, Hey guys, you could make it 10 cents less. If the Knights are minus 140, you can make it minus 130 because there ain't nobody betting the Knights down here. This was, it was all away action on their way to the game. Um, and then they would cash on the way back. I mean, I saw more away team gear every time they played. So it was a lot of fun. And what it did immediately was increase the handle on the hockey futures, like 2X, 3X right away. Like people would come to town for the game, but they would buy a ticket or two or three on a bunch of teams to, you know, win the Stanley Cup because they were hockey fans. So it was awesome. We, we, we just, we had, the first year, the handle, I, I don't know how much. I, I have to go back and look, but I guarantee it was at least 25% more just because of that. And it was really at the strip properties. Now, the places off the strip, it was interesting because now they had a home team to watch, right? And they bet the home team. And in the book, we had to show the game. Everyone wanted to watch the game. So at 7 o'clock, whether it was you know the Knights game or – you know, the NBA on TNT basketball game that would normally be on, on the main screen with the sound. No, the Knights games took over everything. And that was the, whether they played at four o'clock or seven o'clock Pacific, that was the game on the TV with the sound. It was, it was fun. No, yeah, I bet it was. Were, were you guys one of the books exposed when, when Vegas made that cup run or no, because you had been balancing all that, you know, that visiting action. We didn't have the exposure. So I worked with a very, very good dear friend of mine. His name's Tom Foster. And he's one of us. He's, he's a lifelong hockey guy. He was born in Atlantic City. Huge Flyer fan. Back to Bernie Perrant days. And I learned so much from him watching the hockey futures. The ho- everything hockey was his. When we, would, when we started doing props, you know, he had to like okay them. He watched those futures daily and adjusted the prices daily because this is what he lived and this is what he did. So we had the, I would argue that we probably had the best exposure that year to the, to the Knights. And we still were going to lose a little bit, but it was a morsel compared to what some places were going to lose because nobody adjusted the prices and he saw the draft and he said, you know what? This team can make the playoffs really early. So we went down and we were offering a lot of prices that, you know, if somebody was 20 to one somewhere, they were 30 or 40 to one with us. And he adjusted those things every day. He, he printed out a spreadsheet every day and knew, you know, we took four bets yesterday. Two of them were on Calgary. One of them was on uh, the Knights and one of them was on the Flyers. Like he would know every day. Um, you know, what we took. So it could have been really bad for a lot of people. There was a lot of people that like, as they made that cup run, like they were pretending like, Oh yeah, go Knights, go Knights. And meanwhile, they're thinking, Holy shit. If the Knights win, I may get fired. Not only get, (laughs) I may get fired because how do you explain that you lose all this money in a pool where you don't have that much money in it? Well, you know, they were 300 to one and we didn't move it and, you know, they couldn't win. And then they were 150 to one and they still couldn't win. Like 
the price didn't get adjusted fast enough in a lot of places. So yeah, but we were in a good spot. And then continuing to take all of that away team money, like we were fine. You know, it's, it's funny. You, you talk about, you know, visiting fans and, and travelers and all that, you know, just kind of grabbing a futures ticket. It was always funny. Cause you know, when I first started going to Vegas of legal age, you know, I would always play an Indians World Series ticket or you know, I wouldn't play the Browns because I didn't want to light my money on fire. <laughs> but, you know, obviously you take kind of a piece of some kind of Cavs future or, you know, something like that just to have an excuse to have to go back. Like you hope that, <laughs> you know, your team wins and then it's not only the parade. It's also, oh, you know what? Sorry, honey, I, I got to go to Vegas because I got to go cash this ticket. Yeah, you know, I got a lot of uh, a lot of kindling out of you know some of those early trips, but you know now I don't need any excuses to go back to Vegas. But I bet that's a big thing for a lot of people. You know, whether it's just having that that physical printed ticket to you know show everybody, or just an excuse to go back. I, I bet that fuels the futures markets to a big degree down there on the strip. It's a it's a huge deal, and like you always tell the people. You know, you just check the mailing instructions on the back and you can mail it. And they're like, no, this is why I'm coming back. <laughs> why the hell would this I is, do that? This is, right. Like, and, and you always present that. And, and if someone asks, you know, you tell them. But I, I would tell them all the time the mailing instructions are on the back. Just make sure you do it, um, you know, within 180 days of, of the date of the event ending. So, you know, when the cup run ends, you have 180 days to, to send it in. And they'd be like, no, I'm coming back. This is my excuse to come back. You know, so you're exactly right. And a lot of people did that. And I mean, you know, down on the strip, you get people from everywhere. And like, and being at the, at the Cosmo, especially, it was just in the center of a lot of stuff. Like I saw a lot of players, you know, they were in town staying up the street or whatever. And I recognized a lot of people, but the beauty of Vegas, like nobody, even cares who you are like so they're just doing their job and leaving and so we saw a lot of players but we saw a lot of people you know traveling parties from the teams um and you know they would buy tickets it's like it was it was just it's a lot of fun and yes is it it is an excuse to come back when you know you just get live like the excitement of getting the money is one thing but like hey i'm gonna go pick up two dimes and i'm gonna go do it in person in vegas and i got a spending budget Right out of the gate, you know, you're just like, yeah, I get, I can go pick it up, and uh, I'm gonna have at least two real nice dinners already paid for. So it, it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I still get that kid in a candy store thing when you know you start that approach to McCarran the, the runway, and you know all of a sudden the city pops up out of nowhere, and you know you get that strip view upon landing. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I'm I'm long overdue for a trip, I guess <laughs> is what I'm saying. You know, the funny thing is like. Those NHL teams, they kind of stay. I don't know if it's still the Mandarin Oriental or, you know, when it started, if it was the, the Waldorf or whatever. But, you know, they would have teams stay there under the premise that, well, there's no casino at the Mandarin Oriental. And I'm like, or they just walk outside and go to the Cosmo or the Aria or like these guys aren't stupid. They're going to find out where they need to go. It was, uh, it was they did. I, I, I can tell you firsthand 100% they did. So, um, and they will. Like, it's good to, you know, I've never stayed here at a place that didn't have a casino. So I don't know what that would even be like. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and you saw a lot of stuff. Let's put it that way. Oh, just, <laughs> just wait until, uh, until, you know, NFL players can actually go out to some of the uh, establishments that are, that are out there. In Vegas. I, Adam, I think they're going to keep them. 
out at Red Rock. So what, what a lot of teams started <laughs> they stay doing. Out in, they had to stay out in like Pahrumpf or something. Well, they, what they started doing in the playoffs is they kept them out at Red Rock. Yeah. And it was close to the practice facility. It was away from the strip. And it was away from everything. So they could walk right to downtown Summerlin and, you know, walk around shops and stuff. But there was nothing else out there. So they kept them away from the strip because you can find trouble on the strip. You can find a lot of things to do to keep you up. I mean, nothing closes, um, you know, so that's what, like when they were here for, for the playoff series and they were here for multiple days, games one and two of a series, they were out at Red Rock and they kept them away from it all. Well, Dave and I are hockey guys, so I'm glad we got to talk some hockey because I don't know how often you get to do that uh, on other shows, but you know, it's always Love fun it. to chat about that and, uh, you know, also add a little bit of betting application. You know, like I said, uh, with some of those COVID protocols changing and now teams, specifically the road teams, being able to get to the rank a little bit earlier. Uh, you mentioned, you know, people sort of uh, having that pilgrimage out to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, March Madness is going to be extremely watered down, unfortunately, here uh, for this year. I mean, hopefully we get one in and of itself as opposed to what happened last year. But tell me about that before we get into the game specifically here. You know, do you have any Super Bowl stories of like parties you went to out there in Vegas or just things that you kind of saw at you know, some of those viewing events? And then, you know, we'll get into actually the game itself. So the parties in Vegas, uh, people were asking me, like, what's it like to watch a game in a book? Like, watching a game in a book is fun. Watching a game in a Super Bowl party not in the book, like a special room, is awesome. It's not good. It's great. And, you know, I found ways to get some people in. And, you know, a lot of them are by invite only. And they would have two windows maybe. Or I've done parties where I was the only writer back in the day, like at the Golden Nugget downtown. They did a special ballroom off to the side. I was the only writer. We had me and a supervisor and a thousand people in the room. And it was like our room. Like everyone had to come to me if they wanted to bet or cash. I mean, we were there for four hours, four or five hours. You know, I mean, I, I would open the room with a guy, I don't know, two or three hours before. So you talk to people, you, you know, you hustle food in between people were bringing me food. Like you don't get a break. I'm like, no, this is part of the deal. So it's a lot of fun. It's um, depending on the crowd and the game, it's electric. But if you're in a place or in a game, that's a dud, like that Patriots Rams game a couple of years ago it was 13 to three. So people sitting around going, this, this can't be like this. What's going on? Like nobody was even watching the game, you know, they're drinking, um, you know, but like the Falcons um, Patriots game, that one, I was in the Cosmo in the ballroom that was bigger. I swear to God, it was as big as a football field. It was so they took the whole top, took out all the walls in between. They lined them with TVs and it was incredible. So, um, it was the Falcons went up. Everybody was betting the Falcons and in halftime and in game and all this stuff. And then I'll never forget the electricity of watching the Patriot fans and the Patriot betters going, we can win this game. We can win this game. Like it was, it became real. And I, the Falcons betters after that game, like 
they were walking out like just they didn't know what hit them. They were drunk. They were just they had their heads down. And one guy was like, "Hey, man, you know, I, I, I." They had money spent, Adam. They they had halftime. They were dreaming about their next Vegas trip or where they were going on the Caribbean trip. They had they were planning honeymoons. Like they they were buying cars. There were people that were you know were they were decimated. So you see the ups, you see the downs, and you know I, I've had people come up to me. Oh, it's brutal. When I had to, like, my shift was always um, open. So I would get out after halftime and I would get to go watch a second half somewhere else. But when I first started, you work the whole day. So you, you come in before kick and you leave, you cash after the game. I will never forget. I had a guy come up and you just dread this. This happens everywhere. A guy comes up to me. He's like, hey, man, you know, can you check these? And listen, I've been here for 12 hours. Can you check these? Yeah. Let me see. He pulls up a, a stack of tickets and it looks like this. Like it's a big, like for the list. I got a stack of papers like this. I'm like, check these. I'm not even joking at him. He might've had 80 tickets in his hand. It looked absurd. I'm like, well, do you, do you look, did you look at any of them throughout the game? He's like, no, man, I'm drunk. I got no idea. He's like, here you go. Just check these tickets. And they're all like $5 tickets stacked this high. And you put them in, and in the machine, when it's a loser, there's a little buzz. Like, it just gives you that click. Like, and I wish it was a game show noise. Because I would have buried them. (laughs) I think I put in, say it's 80 tickets. He had like six winners. He had every ticket so and, and and they were like i was like this can't be and then as we're going through and i realized this guy has no idea and i'm, I'm gonna work on the material i'm like oh man you just missed on that one <laughs> yeah boy yep well no you didn't make it there that was that was close and he's looking at me like this guy's being kind of an asshole and i'm thinking buddy you gotta at least look at the tickets and then give me like 20 and go hey man i'm not sure about these i don't know i didn't check the stats like okay no, you blatantly just came up and dumped all of these tickets that you took probably Friday and Saturday and Sunday to bet $5 at a time. And you came up hammered. You can't even say your name and be like, here, check these. Oh, and you got to take it as the employee. You got to take it. And I was like, hey, yep, another loser. Yep, there we go. Boy, 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 I hope you didn't have too many more of these. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give it to them a little bit as I'm putting them in. Loser, loser, loser. And then. When I was done with that guy, I remember turning to the, the supervisor. I go, I'm done. That's it. I said, I know it's 15 minutes early. I'm done. I can't, I can't, I couldn't talk to another person because whoever would have had to felt my wrath after that would have done nobody justice. So I was like, all right, I'm shutting it down right now. And that was it. Please tell me you at least gave him some drink tickets out of pity. No, I no, I had to shut him off. He asked for drink tickets. I'm like, buddy, <laughs> I said, I said, no, I, I said, you only get them when you make the bets, not when you cash the tickets. And you didn't cash enough to get any drink tickets. I remember telling them that because, no, you, you have to, like, protect people from themselves at that point. Like, this guy was, you know, I, I knew he was going to have a long night and he was going to sleep until Tuesday. Like, it was Sunday night. He, was, he wasn't probably going to see daylight on Monday. He was in that t- type of condition. So, no, you like, no, no drink tickets for you, buddy. That's it. <laughs> I love no. that he tried, though. I give him credit oh, for that. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Yo, you always ask. You always ask. And, like, a little insider tip, 
all you got to do is, is float a couple bucks. You know, if you ask and you say, hey, man, can I have a couple of drink tickets? And you just drop a deuce, let alone a fin. They'll give you the stack. They'll give you a stack. Like, it's a very simple thing. Like, things in Vegas work like that. If you, if you tip a valet on the way in, a dollar, nobody tips on the way in. It's another little insider tip with all the, all, all the, my boys that have worked in valet and stuff. You have a dollar on the way in. When you come out, if there's 10 people in line and this guy remembers you gave him a dollar on the way in, guess whose car's up next? Yours. Then a deuce on the way out, you're done. Three bucks, three dollars to, to get a, like a VIP treatment. Yeah, it, it it works every time. It doesn't take much, and I no. I don't want to I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but I've heard that you know with uh, with how much Vegas is hurting already, you know I, I've heard a lot of horror stories about you know dealers not getting tipped out and you know not getting any tokes and all that. So I can only imagine what it's like for you know the baggage handlers and the valet people and oh. you know, all that too. But uh, you mentioned the thirteen to three Super Bowl that we had a couple of years ago, and. I don't think we get one of those this year, do we, Dave? Hold on, Adam, one second. That's all good, man. All right, I had to take the headphones out because my phone was going to die. So oh, uh-oh. I, uh, what give are... me the question again, sir. All right, no, it's all good. I said, uh, you know, we, we talked about that 13-3 to Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I don't think we're getting one of, the, one of those this year, are we? Uh, no, we're not getting one of those at all. Uh, we're going to get... I don't know. Do you think this game's going over? I've gone back and forth on the total so many times. Like, I just, I sit here and I think, you know, Steve Spagnuolo is an excellent defensive coordinator, a big, you know, big game defensive coordinator. And Todd Bowles, he wasn't much as a head coach, but he's an outstanding defensive coordinator. I think both of these teams have great game plans, and I could see, you know, a slow start like we've seen in most of the Brady Super Bowls and, and all that. But, there's a hell of a lot of talent on offense that I just don't want to bet against. Yeah. I don't know. I've talked about the game all week and I'm talking myself into liking the over even more like where who's stopping who in this game? Like just, I mean, when, when you really look at it, like I think Br- the Brady stops total himself? is going over. Like What's maybe, that? maybe Brady stops himself. That's what – well, so if when you look at that like that, that's what I think happens. That So I, I think if there's a blowout happening either way, obviously I think KC can blow out Tampa. I don't think Tampa can blow out KC. Can Tampa stop KC? I mean, they've looked great, and, and, and I mean, they really got in the backfield a lot with Rodgers, but are they going to do that with, I mean, Mahomes is so good. They're going, he extends plays and they're going to move the ball. They're going to get first downs. So I don't know, like the team total for, for uh, Kels, can you give me a charger please at some point? Cause mine's dead. I don't want to lose this phone call. If you, if you, if you can't anything. Um, she, um, sorry, she had to get a charger. Um, I think the chiefs are going to score 31 points minimum. I, I just do. So now are the Bucks going to score, I, I mean, 21, 24? Can they score 38 and win? Of course they could. But I, I think both teams get close to 30, which would mean the game goes over. So uh, it seems, I don't know. I don't know if it's square, if it's sharp, if it's just all that stuff. Like, I'm done talking about all that. I don't know. The Super Bowl has no sharp side. It has no square side. 
It's one game, and I would look to do a a, a bet on, you know, uh, let me see. I, I would look for a reason to bet the, the Kings and the Knights game tonight more than I would the, the Super Bowl on Sunday, side or total. Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. And, and, you know, like you said, I mean, the, the more you talk about this game, too, you, you kind of start formulating different narratives, formulating different angles. You talk about one thing for a couple of days, and then you talk about something else for a couple of days, you know, and it's like sometimes they kind of contrast each other. And in a game like this where everyone's going to sit there and say, well, you know, Brady never scored in the first quarter with the Patriots, so Brady's not going to score in the first quarter here. Well, I, I don't know if that's true. Or Kansas City struggled early in a lot of games, or, you know, they kind of play with teams. Okay, but last week they didn't, or last two weeks ago they didn't. And three weeks ago they could have blown the Browns out, but Mahomes got hurt and they left some points on the field, all that. So, like, I don't, I don't think any of those things are completely accurate here in this game, and nothing would surprise me except for Tampa Bay blowing out Kansas City, as you said. So, right. to me, I think it's Kansas City minus three because they have the most upside, the highest ceiling they're the likeliest team to actually hang a number on the opposition. I don't think Tampa Bay goes and wins 38-24 or something like that. But, yeah, the the more you think about this game, the more you talk about this game, it's just like I I don't know if we know anything about the side in total here and and why the props are probably the best way to go. Yep. I'm with you. I I mean, everything you just said, like I – I don't know where else to go with the side in total. Um, you know, I, I, we just recorded the show last night, and I, and I said, all right, let's talk about the side in total. All right, it's over. It was quick. It was fast. It was like, all right, I like Casey. All right, I, I do too. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about some props. So that's what we did. Yeah, I, it makes sense. It, it really does. What, what do you make of the under money that we've seen here a little bit, where 55 and a half is now a lot more prominent than it has been at, you know, really any other point in the lead up to this game. What do you make of that as, you know, sort of your perspective from the other side of the counter doing this for a lot of Super Bowls? Did you hear the weather report? Did you hear what's, you know, that's, that's these guys trying to take um, their shot at a a number that may or may not exist. They play it early. Um, There's going to be a, you know, a decent chance of rain during the day, maybe not during the game. And, the wind i mean there's talk that it's going to be windy now that's going to change things if it's windy so they're going to play under um but this happened with you know the patriots in the in the rams game it was the same thing that total was high and they played the under there too and nobody believed it the game was a dead under is this going to be the case this this time i don't think so but this is what they do. You establish the number. When we make the number in the room, we know the we know we're going to get over money. So we have to get the number right at the beginning, ideally, of what the peak is where they're going to bet us under. Like you want to take the under bet early. You don't want to have to need the under bet later. You know, it's it's brutal to start a game at 52 and close it at 56. But it's way easier to start it at 57 like this and go down because the under money's coming. It's, it's coming this weekend, or the over money. It's coming this weekend. So getting the number right at the beginning and getting the under money is way more advantageous for the book, at least the, the way I've always done it, than the opposite. If you go 52 and now you, you know the first bets they make are over, 
Then you go 53, 54, and nobody's betting under yet. Your number was bad. And you go, oh, shit, now we need the under, which is okay. Like, it's okay to need the under in games, especially, uh, well, maybe not the NFL, not the way it's being called right now. <laughs> it used to be okay. It was, it was the way I learned the business and the way I like to bet. And betting unders, especially uh, in recent history, it hasn't been very advantageous. No, no, it definitely hasn't been. And, uh, you know, that's why we've seen some very, very lofty Super Bowl totals over the last few years that, you know, were numbers that were pretty consistently setting records for being, you know, the highest total or one of the highest totals. Something else that's really interesting that you mentioned sort of in passing there about over money coming in this weekend. I think it's also important for people to realize, and, and I don't know necessarily where this side and total closes, I was a big believer that three and a half would be the closing number. I don't know about that now. I think 56, 56 and a half is probably the total, but it is worth noting that what maybe 15 to 20% of the money on the side in total has, you know, already come in. I mean, over the next two days, it's just going to be a betting bonanza, you know, across the country, across the world from a lot of money that just, you know, doesn't really show up until game day or day before. I put the number at about 75%. 75% or more of the money comes in starting today. It's 48 hours before. And like Sunday is over half of that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's a ton. Nobody bets these games, even the Super Bowl, uh, two weeks before, a week before. It's wake up, watch some of the pregame, make your bet. So maybe it's Saturday before, you know, I'm going to not, I'm going to sleep in. So I don't want to have to go to the book and make the bet. You know, that's in person. And then, you know, you want to wake up and check your app, check your phone, check your online site, wherever you're betting, and get the freshest number. I mean, you know, you've been to the racetrack. Who bets a race 15 minutes before the race? They bet the race two minutes before the race. Same thing with the, with the Super Bowl. Even So, yeah, the amount of money that, that is on the overall handle is definitely high um, right before the game. But you can kind of get the roadmap to get there you know, with these early bets. And that's that's all the book's doing right now. So throughout the week here on ATS Radio, we've crowdsourced opinions on the props. I've given out eight of them so far already over the four shows that we've had. Our guests have given out anywhere from two to four props uh, throughout the course of the week. So if you've missed any editions of the show here throughout the week to get those prop picks, you can circle back and get those. And again, a lot of the stuff we've talked about, even on the college basketball side, kind of looking more longer term than just talking about games that night or something like that. So get all the shows archived over at ATS.io. You can subscribe on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Podbean, TuneIn. I don't know. Wherever you stream and download podcast content, you're definitely going to find ATS Radio there. But give us a prop bet here, Dave, one that you're looking at for the Super Bowl, maybe one that you've already played or one that you know you think you're going to play here prior to Sunday's kickoff. I love the shortest touchdown under one and a half yards. I just think, I mean, it's, I've seen it now for years and you can go back to like just playing fantasy football. How many times have you had a wide receiver get knocked out at the one or make a reception and get tackled at the one, or you see a running back get knocked down or knocked out at the one. And there's always, it seems like a one yard touchdown and the, the fullback steals it, the quarterback sneaks, steals it. Now the way the game's called, it's first and, you know, 10 from the 12. And they throw a pass in the end zone with intentions to try to get a penalty. 
and try to get a pass interference call and line up at the one and run it in. So I think the opportunity in a game that's lined 56 right now for a total, is there going to be a one-yard touchdown? I would think so. And I think you'll have an ample opportunity. You can bet, like, you know, will Brady score a touchdown, yes or no, or, or Mahomes. Like, there's opportunities there. But this one, I've seen it now for years being in the book. It looks like a, it's almost like an illusion. People come up and they're like, shortest touchdown under one and a half yards? No, give me the over. I've seen it for years in the book. Like, it seems too easy. Well, it is. And they bet the over mistakenly every year. So I really like that one. Um, that's, that's one of my favorites. I don't know. The price is starting to get expensive on that because it wins. So you may have to pay a little bit more. It used to be, you know, 140, 150. I think you're seeing upwards around 180. Now you got to lay 170, 180. So it's a little pricey, but, you know, they all cash the same when they win. So I, th- that's the one I think if you want to single one out, that's the one I like the most. Well, and, and contrary to popular belief, and I mean, this could be a 45-42 Super Bowl, and it just kind of is what it is, and everybody goes over. Usually, the bets that win in the Super Bowl are unders and things that are at minus prices. You know, I mean, a lot of times, the plus money stuff doesn't come through, and, and that's why it's plus money. And one thing that I, I guess I need to work on a little bit here as I, you know, finalize my prop portfolio for this weekend, I do have, you know, a few things that are kind of plus prices, and you know, you sort of wonder about those, you know, uh, under Ronald Jones receptions under 0.5. That's a plus price. I still think that's a good one, but you know, both teams to score three or more touchdowns. That's a plus price. Levante David over tackles was a plus price, you know, so maybe I'm kind of, uh, in a position where I need to take some more unders and need to take some more minuses, something like that. But, you know, I, I think it's good to have balance when it comes to the Super Bowl too, where, if you think it's a plus EV play and it's at plus money or it isn't over something like that, you don't want to shy away from it just because, you know, it's less likely to win if you think you've found an edge on it. But for the most part, you know, and I know professional betters out there that every single year will bet no safety, no overtime. They'll lay minus $10, minus $12, whatever it is, just because they know that the true odds are much higher than that. So, I think that's kind of interesting, too, to sort of talk about the strategies and kind of the mindset between people that are really out there to have fun on the game and people that are out there to make money on the game. Oh, and it's two different it's two different factions. It's two different ways to bet. And I've seen uh, both for years. And, And in fact, I mean, I just had dinner with a guy who has a guy. He's the guy here. He has a guy in New Jersey. He has a guy in Mississippi. And he has a guy in Indiana, I believe, or Iowa, one of the two. So it's a group. And they're out betting the Super Bowl props across the country, coordinating this effort where they're getting the best price. It doesn't matter if you're laying. I mean, it matters to them if they're laying 10 to 1 or 12 to 1 or 15 to 1. But they're mostly laying. They're not taking. They're, they're laying the prices because of exactly what you said. The odds of a safety happening are astronomically high compared to the price you have to pay to say there's not going to be a safety. Does it always win? No. There's been a safety the last three years in the games, right? I think or two, three of the last four, something like that. There's been safeties. So um, it happens. But overall, 
Those are the things that those guys are playing, and I've seen it now for years. Take your shots. Take your shots and bet some plus things where, you know, if you think it is a better price, whether it wins or loses, if the process is right, that's all going to take care of itself. It's a one-gamer. I mean, you got one game. So you don't have to lay all minuses. You don't have to take all pluses. Balance and really just feel good about your bets and live with the results. It's that, it's that, that easy. So like I said, I've given out eight props on the show so far this week. A lot of yes, no, over, under stuff. I don't like betting the ones that have a lot of different results, you know, with the big plus prices. Um, You know, I did mention Brady to win the MVP yesterday on the show. Well, that's largely because I can get Brady at plus 210 to win the MVP instead of the Buccaneers plus 145 to win the game. If the Buccaneers win, Brady is most likely your MVP. So I'll go ahead and take the plus 210 instead of the plus 145. I don't think it wins, but I think there's equity involved with it. That being said, sometimes I'll kind of spray around some of the fun ones with a lot of different options and and stuff like that. Did cash last year on the Patrick Mahomes uh, first touchdown prop. That was when I did cash on. But, you know, as far as uh, another one here that I'm looking at, we'll get Dave back on the show here. I don't know if his phone maybe, uh, maybe took a dive on him. But, you know, one that I am looking at here is the first touchdown scorer to be Antonio Brown. And that's at 18 to one uh, across the board out there. And look, you know, obviously an 18 to one shot doesn't have a great chance of coming in. That is something that I think is is very apparent and something that, you know, we do need to talk about here. But if you're going to spray some of these around a little bit, you know, play the first touchdown score or something like that, I do think that those are things that, you know, to a degree, make sense. You know, if, if you want to throw something around on kind of one of those first touchdown scorers, as opposed to playing, you know, a bunch of things with like the, you know, MVP. Like the MVP to me either is Tom Brady or it's Patrick Mahomes. But when you talk about the first touchdown, I think there are some different options that are out there, some different ways you can kind of take a look at this. Thinking about, you know, who these coordinators might focus on in the red zone, what will be a big part of their game plan, something like that. So to me, I think at 18 to 1, a guy like Antonio Brown isn't a bad gamble. I there are some people out there that do think Tampa Bay scores the first touchdown, do think Tampa Bay is very likely to get the ball first, and if they have a good scripted drive, maybe that's something that works out for them. So to me, just looking at his target rate, 62 targets in eight regular season games from Brady, I think something like Brown for the first touchdown at 18 to one. No, it's not a big play. It's as Brad Powers likes to say on the show, a pizza money bet. But right. to me, I don't think something like that is, is really that bad of an idea. I I'm totally with you. I think there's opportunities to take like that. Um, listen, the game is supposed to be fun too. At some point, right? like you can have bets and you're trying to win as much as you can. But there's times where you put yourself in an opportunity. One, it's a fun bet. But two, it's not a bad bet. Like, why couldn't he score? So I always look at that like, all right, it may not be the best bet, but why not? And then if I can't come with like, well, you know, he has three touchdowns all season. His target rate sucks. Like, give me a stack the reasons why it's a bad bet and they're more or at least close to equal to, okay, but you can't. Like, so Brown, take your shot. Like, you know, there's the prices are there for a reason. One guy is going to score the first touchdown. So 
everyone else is a little loser. 18 to one's a pretty good price to take on a guy that's going to have an opportunity. And, and to me, look, I mean, it's, it's a third of a unit play or, you know, a yeah, quarter of a unit exactly, play, something yeah. like that. You know, I'm looking to make money off of the props that I feel really strongly about the yes, no's, the over unders, some of the minus prices, stuff like that. This I'm, I'm taking a shot to see if I can turn my Super Bowl from a good one into a great one. Great you know, like I said, I got Mahomes last year, didn't do as well on the props as I had hoped. It kind of gave, I didn't break even. I got what a little bit price? better than what, break what, even. What was your price? Oh man, what was he? Like, uh, 16, 25, 30 16, to 1? 18, 20, something like that. Okay, good. That's good. Yes, yeah. I think I got him around 16. I, I got him a little bit later in the process because it wasn't okay. something I was totally keyed in on. Right. Which, you know, there's also that too, kind of talking about market entry with regards to props. But, you know, it took me from having a really pedestrian Super Bowl to at least having something to show for it. And yep. I hit a lottery ticket. You know, that's cool. That's yeah. awesome. You know, so again, I think it's one of those things you, you throw a fraction of a unit on something like that. Hope it comes through. If it doesn't, it shouldn't really impact your bottom line that much because you've played a lot of things that are, you know, either safer or things you have a stronger opinion on. No question. And, and, and those, those are so much fun in the book when you're, you know, the first touchdown scored. And um, I remember getting the calls cause I was in the risk room, but when he scored, you know, the, the calls started coming from, from the books. Like, Hey, you're going to grade that. There's a lot of people here that, that, that want to cash their ticket. Like he scored the first touchdown. We're like, yeah. I mean, like he wasn't even done running to the sideline yet. in the first book called like, Hey, when are you going to grade that first touchdown prop? You're like, he's not even, they didn't even go to commercial yet. Call me back. You know, I remember the guy that took it was right next to me. So he was all pissed off, but in the book experience, the first touchdown prop is usually the one of the biggest roars of the entire day. Game still has to go 55 minutes though, right? Or is that one or is that one paid? We tried to we try to get them paid as much as possible. Um so well, I think we graded it. I think we did. I don't remember, but I mean I'm pretty sure like, you know, we as soon as the coin flip happened, graded. As soon as the first touchdown, graded. Like first pass completion uh, or incomplete or complete graded. Like that was someone's job in the room and they would call it out, get a confirmation from the guy next to him and then grade it, you know, because as the book, we can recycle the money. They can bet the halftime. They can go, you know, jump in and bet it in game. Like you want to, you wanted to keep it going and keep that vibe going because again, this, this is it. What we're staring at on Monday <laughs> is is the long abyss of sports books in February where it's just college basketball, it's just NBA, and it's just hockey until we get, like, to get your, you know, preseason uh, betting guide for baseball, for us baseball fans, like, this is it. So let's go. Take as many bets as you can because starting Monday, we ain't taking nothing. That's a great point about getting them to reinvest it in, into the live betting market. And especially with live betting growing the way that it has here, you know, over the last several years, I mean, offshore, it's been there for a while, but you know, obviously now in the U S since passport was overturned, you know, live betting has become a lot more popular and yeah. Having that capital liquid for people to, you know, take the chance of giving it back to you with a live bet. It makes a lot of sense to grade those as quickly as possible. That's a good point. Oh yeah. No, it was, it was a, it was a definite, you know, get them, get them graded, get them paid and, and get them back in action. So, you know, 
the live thing. Um, at CG, we only did it on the app, but the ones that did it over the counter, it was even better, you know, because if they got paid over the counter or you zipped it right back in their account, they either way, they had the option to just dive in and make another play and make another play. And like, it was just a great way to build the volume. And like, that's what this whole business is about. Like people on the, you know, the betting side of the counter are trying to build the volume up so they can scale up and make more money. The book, obviously, I mean, the way I learned the business, you're supposed to take bets, keep taking bets, take more bets. doesn't matter who the bets are coming from. Just take the bets and then move the numbers and take the bets and move the numbers. And sharp, again, square, whale, not, you know, who it doesn't matter. Like, just take the bets, move the numbers, and let's keep keep earning as you go. So as you mentioned uh, before, I, don't, I think your phone might have died on you, but I'm glad that you hopped back on the show right away there. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Uh, you mentioned you know, shortest touchdown under one and a half yards, one of the props that you're looking at here for the Super Bowl. What's another one that's going to be on Dave Sherapan's list? Score three consecutive times. Yes. we. we, we uh, I mean, last year the game stayed under, and both teams scored three consecutive times. So it doesn't have to be an over game. Football's momentum right? Like first team may get out to a 13 to three lead, but that'll involve a field goal, a touchdown and a field goal. That's three consecutive scores. It doesn't have to be three consecutive touchdowns. It has to be three consecutive scores. And believe me, I've explained that one at the counter for 15 years. (laughs) And I know like this is the time when you get involved in betting props, be sure what you're betting because I've had a lot of people come up to me after the game and go, I have a winner. And no, you don't. This is not a winner. Well, it says this. Well, it it says this on the ticket, but this is what you bet. And so before you hit click yes or confirm yes, know what you're betting. Three consecutive scores is three consecutive scores, meaning the same team scores three times, whether it's a touchdown, 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 field goal, field goal or any mix of the two, even if it involves a safety. Like if you score a safety in there, it's three consecutive scores. I like it. It, it just, it, it, it again, anything with this game, it feels like the scoring is going to be up. So I'm looking, I play this one anyway, again, every year, but I like it uh, even more so this year. Did anybody ever try to argue with you that an extra point counts as scoring? Every single year, <laughs> every single year, like, like that was, that was almost like a little gut punch when you hit me with, that. I was like, Oh, every single year you have to answer that question. Like for the new people, they're like, well, Dave, does an extra point count now? No, no, come on over here. And I would have to explain like, it's, it's, it's the point after touchdown that does not count. Well, it doesn't say that. Well, no, it doesn't say that on the ticket because you only get like 18 characters to say that on the ticket. Like you, you, the, the, but no, and like you'd have the discussion and like you would get people that were really pissed off. Like they would keep the argument going and you're like, I don't even know how to explain this to you. So you get it, but you're not going to cash the ticket. Well, I'm going to go to gaming. Go ahead. They're going to tell you the same thing. I'm trying to help you. Help me help you. And, and I would say that all the time. Uh, yes, they answer your question. It happens every year. No, sir. Your $5 bet didn't win, but here's a drink <laughs> ticket for you. Hey, please go. Take it. Go. Yes. <laughs> one other prop that I wanted to mention here on the show. And uh, 
I will preface this by saying that I don't think Kansas City runs the football much in this game. I don't think that they want to. I think they want to try and throw it on Tampa Bay. But Kansas City Chiefs players with a rushing attempt. I've seen this one at the Superbook, and I've seen it in the global markets as well. Not a whole lot of this at the legal U.S. sports books, but if you find this one, I do like over four and a half here. Now, last year I was on the under four and a half and lost it because for some reason, Travis Kelsey got a carry. I have no idea why, but last year it was going to be Damian Williams as the running back. And that was pretty much that for Kansas City. This year, you've got Daryl Williams. You've got Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I don't think Le'Veon Bell sees the field at all here, but if he does, it's probably to run the ball, but Mahomes is going to run it. And for me, I look at this game from Eric Bieniemy's standpoint And if I want to run the football, I'm not running it between the tackles. So that means Tyreek Hill. That means McCole Hardman. That means Sammy Watkins. Somebody like that to the point where maybe two running backs have a carry plus Mahomes, and I get two or three wide receivers that wind up with a carry here. So I lost the under four and a half last year in the game, but I think over four and a half is the way to look here this year. Based on the personnel, they've got two backs they can run with this year. And last year they had one back and they still ran with five different players. So I like this one here where it's, I think it's minus 110 on both sides, but I like the over four and a half Chiefs with a rushing attempt. uh, If you can find that one out there somewhere. I like that a lot, actually. And that was a very good case for it. Now, does the um, does the shuffle pass play when when they're first in goal from the one and they run Kelsey across and he throws it to him real quick? Is that a carry or is that a pass? Shovel pass is a carry, right? I believe. I, I think believe so. so. Well, there you go. But, so we'll get one of those to Kelsey. It'll be under yep. shortest touchdown, yep. and then it'll be an extra rushing attempt. And, and I, I, I think we'll be in like Flynn on Sunday night. I think that's the play. I think that's what you're going to see. I mean, if they have the opportunity to do it, they will do it. So why not? It makes perfect sense to me. Now, do you know how many times for the last 17 years I've had to explain that that's a carry? That's not a pass. Well, why is it called a shovel pass? Well, because that's what it's called, but it's <laughs> carry. Like it's, well, it doesn't say that. Well, no, it doesn't say that. But, but, and then they would just, you know, and you get a lawyer on the other side of the counter who's literally having, uh, you know, opening statements and arguments opening with me and I'm like man are you serious right now like this is this is what it is I can't help you anymore so I like that though I'm actually going to take a look at that after we get off the call here and uh, maybe uh, you know dabble in that market as well well you might hear it again later when I do your mega prop show here tonight uh, looking forward to that it's going to be a whole lot of fun I'm also looking forward to your entire chapter in your book on the Super Bowl and the stories that you have to tell about the customers from your experiences <laughs> Uh, with all of them but uh, man it's always a treat to talk with Dave Sherapan at sports BK can sig on Twitter and uh, what else you got happening man you got a lot of irons and a lot of fires out there yeah we got all kinds of stuff happening I don't know uh, where this is going to go I'm looking forward to to next week Um, Saturday I got a one-day softball tournament with the kids I'm coaching I'm calling pitches Um, supposed to be in an mid 60s on Saturday so we're gonna have a nice little day outside and uh you know hopefully get a nice little run I think we can end up playing you know I'll tell the kids before the game they're like coach Dave how many games you think we're gonna play today because we got two guaranteed then we get put in the bracket so I'll give them the number four and a half and they're like oh well that wouldn't put us like in the semifinals and I'm like I know but 
We got three guaranteed. So I'm giving you four and a half. You prove me wrong. All of you get us over. You know, that's, I guarantee <laughs> that discussion. We have that all the time when we get to elimination day. Coach Dave, how many games are we going to play today? Um, they'll ask me the total. I'll watch the other pitcher pitch. And they're like, Coach Dave, what's the total in this game? And I'm like, well, you guys can't hit. So um, I don't know, four and a half. And they're like, come on, Coach Dave. I'm like, yep. So making numbers on Saturday, watching the game on Sunday. And then, you know, my first colonoscopy is next week. I can't wait. Like, you know, I got this drink that everybody's telling me, like, you're going to drink that drink. And on Monday, you ain't going nowhere except to the bathroom. So immediate future, that's what what I got. And then uh, after that, we'll be uh, hopefully talking baseball sooner than later. And uh, I can't wait to see you in March. Yeah, man. Should be a lot of fun. Do you make like parlay cards or prop sheets for the dads for the for the softball games or no no but you know what's so funny they they're crazy like they they're on their phones checking scores all the time and they're like they'll ask me like hey what do you think about you know the bradley basketball game or something like drake was a big thing recently with you know hey is this drake team ever gonna lose i'm like guys you don't even watch college basketball what did you how did you even hear about it well you know we were this that whatever and they're like what do you think about the spread? It's so funny because now, listen, something happened to me last week that's never happened to me before. The kids, the old two older ones are 17 and 15. I have three daughters. The kids' friends are asking them to ask your dad what he likes. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what who are these boys? What, 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 what do you mean? Well, you know, it's just Michael and Ty and stuff. I'm like, all right, do you like them? Like, what, what's going on here? Because if you don't like them or you think they're Jagoffs, I'll tell them the wrong side. But if they want to know my <laughs> picks, they have to ask me. They're not asking you to ask me. So any of these boys want to know what I like, tell them to come in the house and meet me. Or, you know, I'll talk to them at the field. They can ask me directly. So now I'm like, what the hell is going on right now? So it's it's just uh it's crazy we got a lot of things happening and now i got boys asking the girls to ask daddy what he likes on the game i don't know where this is all going brother if you're going to be a degenerate gambler you might as well start young i guess right yeah right (laughs) (laughs) i tell them like i tell the girls i'm like ask who they like maybe we'll just book it like jokingly i'm like no i'm not gonna book your friends but probably shouldn't teach them a lesson and just write it down and when they owe me you know after three bets they ain't one I'm like, all right, this is your lesson. You don't have to pay. Just don't do this yet. You're not ready. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Awesome stuff, as always, here talking with Dave Sherapan. We worked in some NHL. We obviously covered that big game everyone's talking about, had some stories and some good times. And uh, the nice thing is you do this on pretty much every podcast that you appear on, and I'm sure you'll do it with tonight's as well. So, Dave, always a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you scrambling to find a uh, new phone to finish the show on. Thank you so much for that. Uh, I'll talk to you later, and I'm sure you'll talk to our listeners again soon. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me, Adam. And, uh, yeah, keep your phone handy and make sure it's charged. Because when I call you later, we're going to get you in and get you out. You give me a winner, and we're good to go. See you, bro. Sounds good to me. There you go. There's Dave Sherapan once again, at SportsBKConsig on Twitter. Cash Considerations Podcast, great episode went up here uh, last night, this morning, uh, with Tone Diggs from Pat McAfee's show. Make sure you check that edition of the Cash Considerations Podcast out uh, there on Dave's Twitter account. 
Boy, am I glad this week's over after stumbling through all my words there to finish through that. Coming up on Monday, we'll chat with Kyle Hunter, professional better and handicapper from huntersportspicks.com. College basketball, pretty much for the duration of the show with him and pretty much as we go forward here once football is in the rearview mirror. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Good luck with the Super Bowl. Enjoy all the content over at ATS.io, and I will talk to you again on Monday.